With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show. It's a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices under one umbrella. Hall of Famer David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, some guy named Zach Harper, Sam Amick, and more, along with a rotating cast of beat writers from around the league. Every day features a new show covering everything from insider news to cultural issues and deep dives into in-game analytics. You're going to get the fun stuff. You're going to get the in-depth interviews you're going to get just great storytelling the analytics stuff with dave defour mo dakil and seth part now you're going to get it all so make sure you subscribe to the athletics nba show available now wherever you get your podcasts welcome to game notes your Utah Jazz Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. Tony Jones joins me as always. If you want to subscribe to the Athletic, just go do that. Go subscribe. It's like 40% off right now. What a great deal. You get all of Tony's reporting. You get all of his stories. You get stories about soccer, NFL, baseball, all the NBA. You can then even comment on these podcasts that we do by utilizing that comment section. Uh, so it's a great idea. It's a great time because sports are back, Tony. I don't know if you know this, but baseball's back. The NBA's about to be back. Uh, MLS is there. The Premier League is obviously still going. Like, sports are kind of back. Sports are back, and baseball is back, and WNBA is back right now as we speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout-out to the WNBA. And, you know, shout-out to my Twitter question, who is better, Christian Yellick or Mike Trout? Wow. Wow. Listen, it was a Friday night. I yeah. just wanted to see if the timeline was awake. I just wanted to see if everybody was still was still paying attention. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. We'll have uh we'll have uh, more information about you trolling Twitter just because you're bored in a, <laughs> in a little bit. Here we go. All right, we've got a scrimmage under our belt. We have a scrimmage. We have actual live basketball. Yeah, program. we're we're watch oh man, as we record this. Donovan Mitchell pick and roll with Rudy Gobert, and he threw the lob, and Rudy just dunked it home. Watching that live, we're watching this Heat Jazz game as as we record this podcast. It, I it's four four. You are watching. Heat oh, Jazz you don't have it on. I am blacked out because I am in the Salt Lake City market. <laughs> what a dumb system this is. Oh, because it's on NBA TV. Yes. Oh my God, this is so dumb. What a dumb dumb system. They got to fix this. I mean, listen, it's going to be on AT&T at 7 p.m. <laughs> so I will watch. Man, it's, let me tell you, Donovan found Rudy. Well, Donovan found Rudy. That's that's a really good thing. It is a really good thing. So, you know, these scrimmages, I'll admit, I've not watched an entire scrimmage. I watched about, you know, anywhere from five to eight minutes of just about all the scrimmages. But after that, um, yeah, it's not that I'm, like, too good for it. I'm going to be a snob or anything. Like, it's just, like, it's a lot of, like, practice basketball. I don't watch a lot of preseason. Um and and so like you know I've I've got a bunch of writing that I'm getting for for our stuff uh, this coming week uh, as we do a big uh, big rollout for this this season return um, so I just haven't paid a ton of attention to it but I did catch some of that Jazz Sun scrimmage the other day uh, what were your initial thoughts on that I think that Rudy Gobert is as important to the Jazz and their fortune as almost anybody is important to their individual team in the league. That's what I think. I think if Rudy Gobert isn't playing 
at a very high level in this restart. The Jazz are going to play eight games, and then they're going to go home at the end of the first round in the playoffs. He is immeasurable to what they need to do. They need him for him to be 100% engaged on 100% of their defensive possessions. I'm not sure how long they're going to be able to play without him uh, in a given game. And he's just extremely important to what they're going to have to do. That is my thought. Yeah, Tony, I, like, I, I think it's interesting because I've never thought in in his career so far, and Grant, I was not a big Rudy guy when he came into the league. I didn't think he was going to be any good. As a rookie, I thought he was terrible. And you're like, all right, this guy this guy sucks. And then he he turned a corner fast and never looked back, and now he's an all-NBA dude. He's a two-time defensive player of the year, you know, trying to get for get a third straight. Like, he's obviously a hard-working, locked-in guy, and yet we're talking about him of, like, hey, he's got to be in, he's got to be all in, he's got to be focused. And that's not a conversation I remember having about Rudy ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, because I, I don't think you're one to overreact with this stuff. You're usually very even keel. But I wonder, is this a reaction to what happened the month before and then obviously with the whole coronavirus positive testing? Or is this just a this situation is so tense or, or potentially tense that we're going to we're just going to see this kind of conversation with a lot of jazz players. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a, a reaction to what we saw in the month. But for me, right, like, uh, I think for you as a person and for me as a person, you know, if somebody shows you the capability of doing something, that that something kind of sticks in your mind, correct? Absolutely. So, uh, I would say a great example of that, a non-jazz example of that is uh, there's a month every season in which Carl Anthony Towns defends his ass off and it's like okay maybe he gets it and then the rest of the time it's like all right he doesn't get it but you've shown me for like a month at various points in every season you have that you're capable of doing this so then i'm like well why aren't you doing this all the time rudy does this a lot right in terms of like he shows us constantly that of the things he can do and so when he doesn't do it which is a rare time it's kind of the inverse of of towns when he doesn't do it you're like what's going on right and and that's the thing. Like, I've covered Rudy Gobert since 2014. From 2014 to 2019, I've never ever seen Rudy play but one one way, and that's extremely hard. And that's with a chip on his shoulder. In 2019, 2020, this is the first time that I ever saw Rudy, you know, coast for right. a month or take possessions off and. You know, it was shocking. Like, I was sitting in my media seat, and we're sitting in the media seats, and the Jazz media contingent, we're like, wait a minute, is he, like, actually taking plays off? Like, Rudy, you should have gotten that. Like, we're like, how did Rudy not get that? Like, to me, the fact that I saw it is jarring. And so now it's like, okay, well, now it's like, Rudy, you got to be engaged. Rudy, you got to be engaged. If you're engaged, you're the best defender in the world. You're still the best defender on earth. But if you're not engaged, the Jazz are going to go home. You know, and from 2014 to 2019, you never had to ask if Rudy Gobert was ever going to be engaged because he was always engaged. That's just the kind of unfortunate byproduct. I mean, you know, a non-jazz example for me would be like, hey, you know, I've, I, I lived in Utah from 2008 to 2020. From 2008 to 2019, I never experienced an earthquake. But from 2020, the earth will not stop shaking in Utah. The earthquakes will not stop. So now I'm just like, you know, hey, that's this, this is my Rudy PTSD. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying that's that's what it is. I think that's fair. I mean, I think it, because it's so out of character, you wonder. All right, now that he's an all star, if he doesn't get his way, will he pout? Right? Will he coast? Will he right. make points? And that's not that's not something that's like just unique to him. Like this happens a lot in this league. Right? right, where a guy right. gets to a certain level and then feels like, all right, I've earned this, this, and this, and it's all not always within the game plan of what everyone else wants to do, and so they have choices, and I think a lot of the times though they will try to prove a point because that's human nature, right? Now I don't, right. I, I'm not excusing it, um, but I I understand that like this isn't a thing where like oh my god Rudy Gobert is the first NBA player to do this kind of thing, right? Uh, right. But it is if it's going to be a problem or it's going to be a consistent thing with him, that's an issue. That's 100% an issue. Or if it was just this one month was a blip and he learned from it and he's and he's grown from it, okay, then we never have to worry about this again, and that's a good thing. Here's the reality for the Jazz. They are, with this roster, they are just not going anywhere if Rudy Gobert isn't all-NBA first-team defender Rudy Gobert. Right on every single possession. This is a team right now. It took me watching them in person to finally figure out what their biggest thing that they're going to mess with Bojan Bogdanovic is. And it's not the shooting. It's not the spacing. It's not the offense. Forget about the 20 points per game. Losing Bojan Bogdanovic makes them a small, small basketball team. Yeah, it does. Let me tell you this, Tony. Let me tell you it this. Make, it makes them really small. This Rudy Gobert, now, I, spoiler alert, the first three minutes and 48 yeah. seconds of this I'm scrimmage. I'm Twitter. I'm hearing he's going off. He is annihilating Miles Leonard. He's making Miles Leonard wish he was still shotgunning beers in a pool, in a kiddie pool. Like, he is destroying My- Myers Leonard. Like, it's not even, like, he's dunking on everyone. He is completely abusing Leonard. He's blocking shots. Like, he's rotating and recovering. Like, he's... All over the place. He's making free throws. Well, as I say that, he went one for two. But still, he's making free throws. He's just on this 11-0 run for the Jet. Like, he is destroying the Heat right now. Yeah. And so that's that's a good... Look, it's just a scrimmage, but that's a good, you know, kind of indicator that maybe he's going to be locked in for this and he's and we don't have to worry about that stuff yeah. anymore. You know what else we don't have to worry about? What don't we have to worry about? Our summer bods because we have Manscaped, Tony. We have manscaped, and we are ready to unveil that summer bod. The beaches are opening. I'm going to to a private pool resort here this weekend. A little getaway in the desert. It's gonna be gonna be pool photos, Tony. And I'm and I'm ready because I got manscaped. They're here to ensure your post quarantine body is ready for the wild, forever changing the grooming game with the perfect package 3.0 that comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. It's cordless. It's a body hair trimmer. And let me tell you, Tony. You can take it in the shower. You could take it in the pool. It's it's waterproof. It's genius how they use this. Now I don't recommend put, do, using that in a pool, but you know you're in the shower. You see like you know what this this chest hair is not for me anymore. Take that off. Use the lawnmower 3.0. Couldn't be easier to use. Plus you get a lot more with that perfect package 3.0. And with us, use the code the athletic twenty. The Athletic 20 is the code at manscaped.com. You're getting 20% off and free shipping. That's right. 20% off and free shipping. But that's not all, Tony. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. 
you get the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. They're so comfortable. Just go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Speaking of a hairy situation, Tony, the Jazz look small, which could be a hairy situation for them in the playoffs. That's the thing. I mean, so let's, and we, we talked about this off mic briefly, but let's compare Houston, right? Because everybody said, well, Houston's going small. They're fine. Houston is playing nothing but six four to six seven guys with, you know, tremendous length and athleticism, right? right? You know, that's just not what the Jazz are doing. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley is they're both six one. Well, Mike Conley's not six one, Mike Conley's six foot. Yeah. You know, Royce O'Neill is six four, six five. You know, Joe Ingles is is six seven, but obviously, you know, Joe plays at his own pace. <laughs> he does. You know, so it's a different kind of small. Right. And, you know, out of that group, I mean, Royce is a good athlete, but Donovan's the only plus athlete. They went three guard lineup in the first scrimmage a lot with Jordan Clarkson playing essentially playing the three. You know, so he goes from a, a normal size shooting guard to a small, small forward. Yeah. So this is what we're seeing right now without Boyan Bogdanovich. And this is the byproduct of Bogdanovich being out. So, you know, Rudy is going to have to challenge shots, step up in the pick and roll, deter people at the rim. And, oh, yeah, he's going to have to get the rebound, too. <laughs> uh, you know, so this is just a massive ask on Rudy. And, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, you know, like you said, he's he's capable of that. Like, he's capable of doing that, but he's going to have to do it. Yeah, he he will. Yeah, the size thing is interesting because usually when you look at the Clippers, right? The Clippers go small, but they're not actually small. It's like a bunch of 6'8 dudes with great wingspans, and they're strong, right? Like, it's Marcus Morris, it's Kawhi Leonard, it's Paul George. And that's not fair to compare to the Jazz, you know, forwards, but, um, but that's going to be the case at some point if they end up facing that, that Clippers team in the first or second round, right? Right. Right. Like, and that and that's going to be a problem. And yes, you can counteract that with Rudy, but they also have size they can throw to kind of, you know, make Rudy a little uneasier. Like Zubats is is good size, right? Like he's not better than Rudy, but he's good size enough to where he can he can put a body on Rudy or Montrez Harrell who's a really good scorer and not just being set up, he can now score on his own in isolation and and he could maybe get someone into foul trouble. And so um the Jazz are going to have to be on that defensive string more than ever, and I think no Bogdanovich in there. Like Boyan's, a, it's a weird defensive thing, right? Like he, there are times like he's a solid team defender and he can be a a decent, you know, individual defender. But for the most part, like I think he's going to hurt their defense when he's out there. I think they're a better defensive unit with Joe Ingles because he's a smart team defender, and then Royce O'Neal, who's just a great defender. Team individual doesn't matter, right? And so I think they're at their best when they have those guys, but they are still very small, right? Right, exactly. And they're going to have to play with pace. They're going to have to get a lot of threes up. You know, Quinn Snyder talked about that in his pregame availability this morning. And Quinn said it was different type of threes. He did a lot of catch and shoot stuff, you know, with Boyan Bogdanovich. Now without Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, a lot of stuff is going to have to get done off the dribble. I think that that's an adjustment that's going to have to be made. The Jazz have become a, a little bit more ball in hand as a team because they have that's the personnel that they have now. You know, so it's going to be some different stylistic things that Utah has to play with as they head into the restart. And honestly, I mean, it's 
just not a lot of time to adjust to that. I mean, right. three scrimmages go by really fast. You know, a couple weeks go by really fast. And, you know, so you might not see the best out of the Jazz until we're well into the, well into the seeding games or maybe even in, in the playoffs. Yeah I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I wonder, and probably this would be matchup dependent, right? So let's say, let's say the Jazz get through the first round, they go to the second round, and they, they face the Lakers. Um, as either yeah. the four or the five seed, right? Uh, do you think we'd see a lot of Gobert, Tony Bradley, or enough of it? To you think they would pair those two together against a bigger Lakers front court? You know, to be honest, I would try it. The seeding games count. The seeding games mean a lot. The seeding the the seeding games are going to dictate playoff matchups. But go with it for a couple of minutes, you know. And, and that's what they did uh, against Phoenix. They went with it for you know a couple minutes and. You know, that run got them back into the game. And I think that there are some pitfalls playing Tony Bradley next to Rudy. Obviously, you're going to sacrifice some shooting. Tony Bradley's going to have to prove that he can he can guard. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the Jazz are going to need some size, some additional size in this restart. And, and playing Tony Bradley at the four, I mean, that has the, the potential to, to give them some of that size. Let me tell you this. Your guy, Jordan Clarkson? Greatest six man in jazz history is letting it fly in this first quarter. He oh, let man, it fly he's letting it go. Phoenix. He is letting them go. Oh man, I'd love to see this. Just doesn't matter how much space is there. He's letting them fly. He's hit a couple of them. Sorry for the spoiler alerts, Tony. Hey, listen, man. I am I am black. I am hearing that I can can get it on my league pass. So I'm gonna try try there. Okay. So we'll try we'll try with that. Um, I guess. Uh, it, so with this size issue. And I don't know that they can really solve it, so I think they just kind of have to roll with what they've got and be and be you know kind of locked in as that unit. What's the worst matchup for them in the first round, and just in terms of the size stuff? Well, they can't get the Lakers, so I mean that that would be their worst matchup. Yeah, I mean if we're talking about the size stuff, but even with the size stuff, even if you count the size stuff, Houston still still the worst matchup they can get. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, but to me, I mean, it could be a bad matchup if they get Denver because Denver, I mean, Denver has a guy that can outplay Rudy Gobert or at least cancel him out. Yeah, make him make him uncomfortable, right? Like, Rudy's still yeah. solid on the on the perimeter, solid to good, but right. that's you're taking him away from the basket. Like, they, that, the Nuggets could take him away from the basket the entire game if they wanted to. Right, and then you got Jeremy Grant inside, you know, you got Torrey Craig inside, you got Paul Millsap inside. I mean, you know, Denver's just got a lot of length and athleticism near near that basket and guys that are not named Nikola Jokic. You know, obviously the Clippers, that's another dynamic that we've talked about. I mean, you know, Rudy's going to have to be great and he's going to have to stay on the floor for a long time. He's going to have to put in some 40-minute nights in the playoffs. Yeah. It's gonna have to. He's gonna have to come up big. Maybe as big as the savings you get with the athletic right now. Tony, sports are back, as we mentioned earlier. You don't want to miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to the athletics exclusive, in-depth coverage of this season. You get uh, all the stories, all the expert analysis. You get the fun stuff. You get the serious stuff. You get everything. You can comment on whatever you want. Comment on whether you, you think the, the Mets are going to break Tony's heart a week from now, three weeks from now. You can read about all of it, right? Because you know they're going to do it, Tony. They always do this. They start out well, 
and then you know within the month of equivalent of a 60 game season they'll they'll be done 60 and 0 is still in play okay yeah it's still in play so is 1 in 59 uh subscribe now and <laughs> save you can sign up by helping out this podcast theathletic.com slash game notes you receive 40 percent off an annual subscription Basically, becomes like two ninety nine a month or something ridiculous like that. Such a good deal. Sports are back. You don't want to miss any of the breaking stories. You don't want to miss the coverage of the Utah Jazz from Tony Jones. So go to theathletic.com slash game notes. Save 40% off. We hope to see you there. Tony, you know we hope to see? We hope to see Joe Ingles back in form, right? Like that. that's the guy that I think is the key to all this. Yes, Gobert has to be a monster. Yes, Donovan Mitchell has to be a star. Mike Conley needs to get back to form. But Joe Ingles... Because Bogdanovich is out, plays such an important role. And there's just one, like, I know he's a playmaker. I know he's a guy that has a high IQ. I know he's going to make the right play. There are times, Tony, I just want him to let it fly. This is my motto right now. Shoot the ball, Joe. Yes. Shoot the ball, Joe. Let it fly. You're a 40% 40 to 45% three-point shooter. Yeah. Shoot the ball. Take 10 of them a game. Yes. When you're open, let them fly. If you go 0 for 10, Quinn Snyder is never going to take you out for that. Right. You know, just shoot the ball. You know, don't hesitate. That's the thing with Joe. He's such an unselfish basketball player. You know, his instinct is always to think about, you know, his teammate. You know, is my shot the best shot that we can get in this possession? Can we get Can I get a, a better shot? And it leads, it often leads to him passing up looks that he has no business passing up. If Joe Ingles is taking 10 threes a game, then guess what? My offense is working. Yeah, because he should be taking all those shots that would have been there for Bogdanovich. And I know they come in very different ways, but that's where, like, that's where those shots need to go. Agreed. Agreed. As a reporter, you know, that's my analysis. But just as a basketball fan, I just want to see a world where Joe Ingles is like, you know what? Forget it, mate. I'm just going to let it fly. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, and I just think... Look, when you create that threat, right, and it's not like the the league is unaware of Joe Ingles' shooting ability. Everyone knows he can go. Everyone knows he can let it fly. Like, he's a great, great three-point shooter. And even this year, like, he's, you know, the last two years he's he's had he's had a regression, which is 39%, right? 39.1% last year, 39.7% this year, which is down, which is crazy, but it was down from the 44% he shot the previous two seasons. So it's not like he's it's not like he's necessarily struggling. He's struggling for him. He's still a huge threat to the rest of the league. But when he's just letting it fly and the defense knows, oh, we have to get out on him, right? Not only because he can shoot, but he's going to shoot. When the defense is cognizant of that, it's going to open everything up for everybody else. Right, exactly. And that's what this offense wants and this is what is this offense needs. It needs it needs spacing, and it's going to have to compensate for the spacing that's not on the floor when Bogdanovich is on the floor. And a really great way to do that is for Joe Ingles to turn into a threat in three-point range. You know, there was a specific play against Phoenix where uh, he was wide open at the top of the key. There wasn't anybody around him. And, you know, he hesitates to the point where the Phoenix defender was, was like, well, Okay, I might as well get out there and challenge. You know, Joe Ingles attacks the closeout, he gets into the lane, and he misses an 8-10 to 10 foot floater. You know, we're all just saying, 
shoot the ball, Joe. You were wide open at the top of the key. That's your shot. Just take the shot. You know, so it's one of those things. I think it's an admirable trait that he's an overpasser at times. But at the same time, I mean, you know, just shoot the ball, Joe. Yeah, that, just shoot, thing. shoot, shoot the, the ball, ball, Joe. Yeah, because, and look, it, granted, a lot of this is because of the presence of Bogdanovich, but he is down a little over an attempt from, from three per 100 possessions. That's not a huge decline. It's not like, It's not like he's not shooting them at all. But now that Bogdanovich is out, like that that number's got to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. It's just got to skyrocket. Okay, Tony. So, do you feel any differently after this first scrimmage, and then what I've told you of the first quarter of the second scrimmage before you get a chance to watch it? Do you feel any differently about the Utah Jazz? It proved my point. The Jazz were great in the first half of the of the first quarter defensively, because guess what? Rudy Gobert was on the floor, and guess what happened when he went to the bench? It fell apart. It did. It did. Yeah, it did prove your point. Oh, I mean, it, this is this is great. My pod and in the game in real time that I'm not watching, and my point is proving blindly. There you go. And by the way, uh, Jay Crowder just got a look. It, the Heat missed the shot, but Jay Crowder just got in on a cut, was wide open at the basket. Tony Bradley sucked in. Didn't do a great job of it, of having his arms up or anything. Jay Crowder kicked it out to a corner three for Dragic. He missed the three, but it was a wide-open shot. Yes. And it's not a knock on Tony Bradley, necessarily. It's just things change when Rudy leaves. Things change. Yeah. And I think the Jazz are going to have to uh, address that in some way in the offseason so that when Rudy uh, has to sit down, <laughs> you know, things things don't go from 100 to zero. More consistency. Less peaks and valleys, right? Like, just consistency. That's what you want to see. You want to see them gear up a little bit for the playoffs, but you don't want to see these valleys. That's where you get into trouble. Exactly. All right, Tony, I'll let you go. Try to find this on League Pass. Thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure you go to theathletic.com slash game notes. You get that 40% off if you haven't subscribed. If you have subscribed, leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a review. Leave all that stuff. We love we love the feedback. Uh, make sure you tweet at us. We'll do a do a mailbag uh, before the playoffs. Once again, do a mailbag episode before the playoffs. Have some fun and some interaction with you guys. Tony, go look up Mike Trout as we leave. Okay. I'm going to go and look up look look up Mike Trout. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at look at Christian too. <laughs> there it is.